I'm Matt. And I'm Jenna. We are Mana. And this is Food for Thought. A podcast dedicated to encourage and inspire you as you seek to grow your relationship with Christ and live out your Catholic faith. In today's episode, we talk about the new year and how it might be a great opportunity for you to grow in your relationship with the Lord. gotta say it we're talking about the new year in this episode and it has been bothering me for years but i'm really not impressed with the organizers of the new year's eve celebration in times square they always drop the ball that's right everyone welcome to episode 59 of the mana food for that thought podcast it is just me matt here today with you and we are talking about a new year new me hashtag hashtag new year new me New Year's resolutions, going to break them in eight hours, hopefully not. That's what we're talking about uh, on this episode, and so if New Year's resolutions are the bane of your existence, or if you're really excited about them, uh, I encourage you either way to keep tuning in, because I definitely think that the Lord wants to do something new in your life this year. He wants to do something new in your life each and every day, but a new year, a shift uh, in our culture, in our world, in our thinking, in the way we write the date. It may seem something trivial or just part of our calendar, but it can be a real opportunity for growth. And so that's what we're talking about in today's episode. But first, our peak pit plug. Sound effects. We're really high budget here. Um, so my peak this week was obviously Christmas. I got to spend Christmas up in the mountains where I grew up in Lake Arrowhead, and that was great. Um, And also we announced that we are having another baby. So we got baby number two on the way. Uh, So we're very excited about that. And uh, one of my peaks right now at this moment is that, um, well, I had to come back home a little bit early from the mountain because weather was rolling in, bad weather. And um, my wife was staying up there to go out with her parents to Arizona to see her grandparents. Um, But that was quite a bit of traveling for um, the little one, for our daughter. So I took her home and I get to spend the next like three, four days with her. Um, just the two of us, which is really, really cool. So that's kind of my peak. However, the pit is that my wife is gone. I miss my wife terribly. Um, And also that, um, you know, my first day really just being all day, just her and me for it hasn't been, you know, I haven't had a day like that in in a little while, you know, in a a month or two, um, just where it's all day from start to finish, just me and her. Um, And the pit was that she was like totally independent today. Like, Short of eating, like, didn't want to have anything to do with me, like, in her playing and anything going on. Like, she was just like, I got this, Dad. Like, I'm going to play and entertain myself. Um, and I would be like, oh, you want me to read you that book? No. You know, just like she loves the word no, especially uh, today. So, um, so yeah, that was a little bit of a pit. And um, just a lot of, I just had a, a sense of a lot of people struggling this holiday season. Um, just know a lot of people dealing with different losses. On my way home early from the mountain yesterday, um, I saw a few accidents, and that was on Christmas Day. And so just to be in a car accident on Christmas is really terrible. I mean, it's terrible anyway, but just... You know, little struggles like that and big struggles this holiday season, um, that's been weighing heavy on my heart for a lot of different people. So um, just offering up a couple of different special intentions for people close to me. Um, uh, But my plug is um, during this holiday season, um, I got to, you know, have this experience a few times up in the mountains, um, but just dinner with no phones. And when I have dinner with my wife, um, there's still no phones usually, 
but we're corralling the little one. We've barely got enough time to make dinner and we're just trying to eat and kind of check in with each other, see how the day went. Um, but we really got to like have some loungy dinners with my in-laws and, you know, not worry about Hannah because it was four of us to handle that. And, you know, a couple people could do the meal and we just got to sit and enjoy and really spend time at the dinner table, be available. So yeah, this holiday season, it's still not over yet. You know, we just began the Christmas season. Be available to people. Put your phone away. That is my plug. Um, don't take this as an opportunity. Oh, I have vacation from work, and so I'm going to catch up on Netflix. No, catch up on your relationships. Catch up on conversation and really entering into dialogue with people. Um, even if you just want to veg and do nothing, um, really, you're going to wish um, you know, in, in a couple weeks or maybe years or decades that you had taken more of that time. Um, and so I just want to encourage you to do that. And so speaking of how we use our time and especially how we think about how we're going to be using our time in the very near future, uh, we're talking today about New Year's resolutions. Now, I don't really like New Year's resolutions because I feel like most of the types of New Year's resolutions, at least I've made, I don't know if you can relate, are the ones that require like a lot of effort. Maybe it's getting into shape. Maybe it's making a drastic life change. And starting that the day after you stay up past midnight, you know, having a few drinks, eating a lot of food, uh, watching fireworks is like the worst first day because you have like a life hangover, you know, like you, regardless of what you're doing the night before, whether you're drinking or not, or, you know, you shouldn't be drinking in excess to where you're getting hammered or whatever. But, you know, whatever it is, uh, we wake up just like not as energized because it's like the most, you know, eventful evening before, you know, it's the most eventful secular eve there is, you know. Um, and so I just, I kind of have a little gripe with that in particular. It's kind of like we're setting ourselves up to fail. But then beyond that, like New Year's resolutions are typically pretty vapid, typically very much like how I want to appear this coming year, how I want to be better, and not really about looking at okay, where's my relationship with God, my relationship with other people? How do I want to improve the world? How do I want to, um, you know, be healthier, be holier, be happier? Uh, instead, it's very, because all of that has to do with our, our relationships with other people. Instead, it's very inward focused usually, like how do I appear better? How do I look better? How do I get ahead? Um, and so I want to caveat this with that. Like if you're really looking at this new year as new opportunities for you specifically and you're just disconnected from connecting with any other people or you know, you're trying to get healthy just because you want to look cut and not because you actually want to be a good steward of your body and you want to be around long term for your family, like if that's not the prior the 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 number one reason, then I think you might need to reevaluate and reassess. Um but I want to just provide an opportunity for you to really reflect on where you're at. And even if you aren't planning on making a New Year's resolution, maybe this is just an opportunity for you to really kind of gauge and focus in on where you're at and where you could be next year and what God wants to do. And maybe you will make one. And, um, you know, my goal really isn't for anyone to make or not make a resolution after this episode. It's really to help us to kind of like check in and see where we're at and see if maybe the Lord is calling us to an opportunity to grow closer to him uh, and closer to his presence in other people and who he's calling us to be, what his purpose and mission for our life is by um, making a few changes or making a few, um, you know, um, I don't know, steps toward a concerted effort to be in, in a better direction or a better path. Um, and so that all being said, I want to remind you this year, not only this coming year, but this next day, the next 10 minutes, whatever it is, 
God wants to do something new. And so if you're going into 2020 just thinking like, all right, everything's going to be the same, you're already putting God in a box. You're already expecting nothing to change. And we're not really good with change as humans, like as an average. Um, I've kind of developed a healthy relationship with change. I kind of tend to like it now. I think it's exciting. But it still frustrates me because nobody else seems to like it. And so they're always complaining about what's changing. And, and I get really irritated. And so I tend to also not like change then. So it's really like not that productive. Of, of a relationship with change if I end up not liking it anyway. So, but I want to remind you, God wants to do something new. It says this in Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 and 19. Remember not the events of the past, the things of long ago consider not. See, I am doing something new. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? In the wilderness, I make a way in the wasteland rivers. God wants to do something new in your life. And it doesn't matter if your life right now feels like a barren wilderness or a wasteland, that he wants to spring forth away rivers and oasis of newness, of a life of grace into wherever you are right now. And I think when we don't expect something new, when we expect same old, same old, or if I go into the same experience or I change things up the same way I used to, I'm going to get the same results. And if it doesn't happen, we get really down on ourselves That's because we're allowing ourselves to kind of build an obstacle to what God wants to do from the very get-go. And so I want to preface this by saying, don't do that. Don't build an obstacle. Expect God is going to do something new. And that new thing may be something that you have no idea is coming or that you don't even think you may want right now. But when you see it and when it comes in the time that it does under the circumstances it does, if you're open, you'll recognize it's the perfect thing to pursue. But if you get so rigid and caught up in your own expectations and your own desires and your own goals, uh, God won't be able to do those, those things as well. And so he's never going to supersede our free will, but he will present us opportunities to make a decision to either pursue his will or our own will. And I want to just remind you in this moment, like God knows you were going to listen to this episode. And so maybe you need to hear these words, but in 2020, you may need to abandon every goal that you have set because it may not come to pass. You may need to reassess completely your career choice, your school, your major, um, your you know time you spend doing hobbies or the time you spend at work or certain relationships, certain friendships that are toxic or not good for you. Um, you know, the place you live, things like that, like all of that may need to come into question. And that's not a bad thing because if it starts welling up in you, and you start seeing things align and God presenting these opportunities, be open to that because God wants to do something new, something he's never done in your life before. And for us as Christians, our response and our journey really through life is always seeking more and better. You know, it says in John 10, 10, I came that you would have life and I came in, that you would have it to the fullest in abundance. You know, God doesn't just say like, okay, get what you want and then like settle for the rest of your life. Like we always are meant to be seeking that abundance and we all have within us this desire for more, this restlessness for God, as St. Augustine writes, we all have this desire for perfect beauty, goodness, and truth and a perfect sense of love and belonging that only God can offer us. And so we're not meant to sit in that and settle for the rest of our life or wonder confusedly where it is and why it's not falling in our lap. We're meant to pursue, we're meant to cooperate with God on that journey and collaborate with him in determining where are you working, where you want to lead us. 
And so the attitude of the Christian is always seeking more and better. And so as we approach the new year, as a Christian, we should always be seeking more and better. And we should be doing this every day. You know, when we wake up every day, we should be anticipating more and better. Um, and we should be doing that, you know, in every encounter and every new space and every new conversation, every five minutes, you know, expecting more and better. It says this in Philippians chapter three. It is not that I have already taken hold of it or have already attained perfect maturity, but I continue my pursuit in hope that I may possess it, since I have indeed been taken possession of by Christ. Brothers, I, for my part, do not consider myself to have taken possession. Just one thing, forgetting what lies behind, but straining forward to what lies ahead. I continue my pursuit toward the goal, the prize of God's upward calling in Christ Jesus. Let us then, who are perfectly mature, adopt this attitude. And if you have a different attitude, this too God will reveal to you. Reminder of that phrase, I will continue my pursuit toward the goal, the prize of God's upward calling in Christ Jesus. That is the goal, the upward calling, the calling of sainthood, the calling to heaven. And that never comes from settling, doing the same old, same old, being stuck in our ways. And so what we have to do is we have to be willing to act now, we have to be willing to do something about it because remember, God will not supersede our will. At best, we can cooperate in our will, which means no matter what, even if we are doing the perfect will of God, we still have to make the choice. We still have to do the action. We still have to take the risk and make the effort and take a leap and wonder if this is really going to be what God wants or not. It's never going to be like signed, sealed, delivered, you know, certified letter from the Lord saying, oh yes, you have discovered what my plan is for you. So here's steps A through Z on how to do it perfectly. And there's going to be no problems, obstacles, or challenges along the way. Congratulations, you beat the game. You're at the highest level. You beat the final boss. You win. You know, that's not how life works. So we have to realize like we have to take action. This is from James chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we shall go into such and such a town, spend a year there doing business, and make a profit. You have no idea what your life will be like tomorrow. You are a puff of smoke that appears briefly and then disappears. Instead, you should say, If the Lord wills it, we shall live to do this or that. But now you are boasting in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. For, so for one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, it is a sin. So for one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, it is a sin. Listen to that. That God will place a desire on your heart or an opportunity before you, and it will be burning within you a pull toward that, a passion for that. But maybe fear will get in the way or you know, trivial practicalities. Oh, I'm not sure I can do that right now, or I don't know if it's the right time. Um, but in our heart, we know it's the right thing. We have to take action because if we don't, if we know the right thing to do and we do not do it, we're going to be held accountable for that. That can result in our own sinfulness. And so what do we do as we approach this new year? What are the resolutions we should make, the things we should start or stop doing? I don't have all the answers for you, but I think a good measuring stick is a verse that I've talked about many times before, and it's the Shema from Deuteronomy. It's a prayer that Jesus prayed every single day as a faithful Jewish man. 
and a Jewish rabbi at the time. Um, and it is this verse, you shall love the Lord with your, the, you shall love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And I think if we take those four things, heart, strength, mind, soul, and we look at them and ask ourselves, where are we? How could we be better? What are some things we want to refocus, reprioritize in those areas? Uh, I think that can be a very great concerted effort toward a deeper relationship with God and toward the next steps on the, the right path that God is calling us to walk down, to pursue. And so we start with heart. And as we start with heart, hear these words from Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9. The human heart plans the way, but the Lord directs the steps. The human heart plans the way, but the Lord directs the steps. Again, you have free will. You have free will and you can discern which way you want to go, where your heart is pulling, but the Lord will direct you along the way. He will show you if those pulls are good or if they are not good or if they are distortions of the good. And so when we look to our heart, I want you to assess in this coming new year, the people whom you carry on your heart most closely, the people that you love, are they a priority in your life? If you were to look at your calendar and all the free time that you have, would it be spent in intentional, focused time being present and available to those people, or is it doing other things? Now I get, yes, you have jobs, you have things that need to get done, but I'm talking about in that free time, and in time you may already be spending with them, are you mentally focused? Is your phone down? Are distractions put away? Is the TV off? Are you present? Are you interacting? Are you there? Because I guarantee you, when you get to the end of your life, you're going to wish there was more of that time. That's going to be time your heart is going to long for. And so pay attention right now to who your heart longs for. Who are you most grateful for? Who do you carry closest in your heart? I was kind of overwhelmed today being alone with my daughter and spending the whole day with her, even though she kind of didn't want to have anything to do with me, I got overwhelmed and got really emotional a couple times throughout the day. Just so grateful to God that I get to be this girl's dad. Like, and how incredible she is, and so smart, and so caring, and she just picks up things so fast. And it's just surpassing my expectations, and it's just so genuine, and joyful, and beautiful, and it just overwhelmed me. And my heart was really just swelling with pride and with love for her as a reminder that in the coming year and each and every day, I need to really be making sure that I continue to spend this time with her because she is where my heart lies. My wife, my relationship with her is where my heart lies. My relationship with the Lord, that's where my heart lies and where it appropriately lies. So to pay attention if your heart is being pulled in distorted directions. And if those things are preventing you from your heart resting in the relationships that really matter. You know, if people are addicted to pornography, or if people are diving into different habitual sins, you know, of alcoholism, um, drug abuse, of uh, being addicted to screens, being addicted to, you know, certain behaviors, gambling, whatever it might be, those things can become that priority place in their heart to where they neglect the things they really care about, and they don't even realize it. And so do a heart assessment, do a spiritual EKG, if you will, and ask yourself, does the way I spend my time, does how I feel in terms of fulfillment in these relationships reflect where my heart lies? 
or where I want it to lie. And along those same lines with heart, I mean, we obviously think about God and the people closest to us first, but what about those passions that really fire up your heart? Those things that you just feel like, or maybe that one thing that you feel just like it burns inside of you that you love it and you want to pursue it, but you may not have the time. Or some project that you really want to take on. Maybe you want to write a book. Maybe you want to, um, you know, travel. Maybe you really want to um, start a, you know, a community, a small faith group. Maybe you want to reconcile a relationship in your family. Maybe you want to learn a new skill, you know, whatever it is. But it seems like this big insurmountable goal or it's just going to take so much time and investment that you don't really know how to tackle it. Um, I want you to think about that thing and set some small practical goals and just achieve them. Give yourself a timeline. Give yourself deadlines. Maybe the end of every month is a deadline for some small step in this project. Um, So for instance, if you want to write a book, yeah, that seems crazy to do right now. But you could pause this podcast and just write the introductory chapter or write a basic outline of a book idea. You know, even if you didn't even want to write a book as you're listening to this, you could probably stop and say, okay, if I were to write a book about anything, um, who would be the one or two main characters? Where would it be set? And what would be the main problem or struggle? Um, and, And how would I, you know, how would I just write that down in a paragraph? And you never need to write that book, but you can see it's it's a short step. It's a small goal that you can achieve. And when it comes to to to-do lists, efficiency, organization, small achievable goals are always better than these big projects that loom on our to-do lists forever. Because small achievable goals build the sense of victory, the sense of accomplishment within us if we break down bigger tasks into small ones, and we're much more likely to get them done, especially if we put them in terms of what can I do right now. But if you put it just on your to-do list, I mean, there's some, I think like 60 some percent of things that people put on their to-do list never get done because of the way we do our to-do lists. And so prioritize things like what do I need to get done today? What do I want to get done today? What can wait till tomorrow? And what do I need to be aware of in the future? And start putting some of those small goals for some of your passion projects, the things you've always wanted to do but never had the time for, and start putting some of those things away in your or putting some of those things in writing on your to-do list in small tangible goals that you can do today tomorrow whether it's traveling maybe you need to um, research a city tonight or maybe you need to decide what is one thing you're going to stop spending money on every week and start setting that um, aside and create a new account or a spreadsheet or a budget for your travel account or whatever it is you know i don't know what your goals are what your desires are But assess those passions that you have and don't let them sit unfulfilled. um, Don't let that fire sit unstoked because it'll go out and it's really, really hard to restart a fire when everything's gone cold. But if you keep those embers burning, as small as they may be, it's very easy to restart a fire if you have a burning ember. And so uh, it may seem like you're not even close, but if you're just doing small, practical things tangible goals to achieve whatever that passion might be, the thing that God has placed on your heart, the thing that you really want to pursue to allow yourself to do it. I want to remind you as we're talking about this, um, because it just came into my mind, podcast, the episode that we did, I I don't know, maybe six or seven episodes ago, but to be reminded that um, Jesus, he did not fulfill his potential, but he fulfilled his purpose. And you are called to do the same. 
you have so much things, so much things, grammar being one of them, so many things that you could potentially do. So many ways your talents and gifts could be utilized on this earth. You can never do all of them. It's a matter of not what is your potential, what could you do, but what is your purpose? What should you do? What is God calling you to do? What opportunities are before you? What is not going to get in the way of those things that take prior place? But what are those things that are lining up or that you are having some time to focus on that you have the unique gifts and talents to do that you feel called to do? Not just because you can, but because you must, you should, you need to. So keep that in perspective, not only with heart, but as we talk about these other things. So that's your heart. Do a heart assessment. Strength, do a strength assessment. You know, what are you, I don't know, what are you benching right now in your life in terms of your strength? Now strength, I'm going to talk about it in terms of physical strength and bodily health, but it also has to do with your willpower. You know, that's, you know, your will is your strength. And so if you really have a weak sense of will, maybe you have really bad self-control and maybe that's manifesting in an addictive behavior and not being able to get up and get to the gym and not eating right and not being able to do the things that you want to do and really falling into the sin of sloth, of apathy, of acedia. Um, strength is really a place where you need to, to focus. And I'll tell you from my journey this year, um, you know, having lost 70 pounds since March 1st um, from intermittent fasting and denying myself and using that also as a spiritual practice to really bring to prayer, to offer up for other people, to practice the art of self-denial, to gain control over the desires um, that my body has that aren't good or that my mind has that aren't good uh, and how much healthier spiritually I am because of it, not only physically but spiritually, I cannot recommend highly enough fasting, any type of fasting, whether it's just you wake up that day and you say, okay, today I'm going to deny myself coffee. And then tomorrow it's uh, tomorrow. I'm going to deny myself Netflix, you know, whatever it is that you are practicing the art of self-denial every day so that you can maintain control over your impulses, over your body, over your desires. That is going to sharpen your strength, your will, so much so that it's going to be so easier to say no to temptation when it rears its head. It's going to be so much easier to maintain healthy habits and behaviors, to start doing those things that you've always wanted to do, whether it's for your physical health or your spiritual health, your mental health, whatever it may be. But I find especially when it comes to physical health, exercising, dieting, whatever it might be, people wanting to get healthy, this is the thing that people struggle with in terms of willpower the most. And so go back and listen to some of those episodes that I did about fasting. You can go back and listen to them. Uh, there are two episodes where I talk exactly about what I do and also just the benefits of fasting. Um, but to look at what you're putting in your body, what you're doing um, you know, uh, on a daily basis in terms of your activity, and to be a good steward of your body. God gave you your body not so you could waste it, not to be a temporary house for your soul that you can do whatever you want with, but your soul is present in every single cell of your body. And so if your body is not healthy, your soul is not healthy. And so recognizing that and recognizing that our body is a gift from God, we need to make sure that we're taking care of it, that we're being good stewards of it. And so uh, have some way of maintaining control of self-denial Accountability helps, having someone who's doing it with you, someone who's going to keep you in check, someone who can even text you every single day and make sure like, hey, are you doing okay? Like, are you, you know, 
talk to me, you know, um, someone that you could hire or someone that's just like a friend, a family member who can check in with you, um, and make sure that you're doing what you need to do. And maybe not relying just on one person, but saying, Hey, can you text me every Monday? Uh, and then this other person, can you text me every Tuesday? Can you every Wednesday and having a, you know, a handful of people that way, if one of them fails and doesn't do it, you still have five, six other people who are going to be on you about it, you know, so you're not resting all of your success on the willpower of another person, one single other person, um, you know, allow that the, the tribe of those people who are around you to help you. Um, also thinking about um, physical strength and health of your body in terms of uh, what you put on your body, you know, the this year we also shifted to all natural products, uh, beauty products, household products, things that are good for the environment, things that are good for us, things that don't have any, you know, parabens or cancer-causing agents in them. It's surprising to me how many household things that are just so risky and so dangerous, um, you know, household cleaners, beauty products, whatever it may be. Um, and that's really being a good steward of our bodies, but also practicing again that art of self-denial of having to put in a little bit more effort to figure out what can I buy what alternatives can I find how can I do this better healthier for me for my family to be a good steward of my body of the environment that we've been cared to um we've been entrusted with the care of and so uh, those things to really practice that art of self-denial of um, doing things that are countercultural, that aren't easy and comfortable like everything in our world is with an app or everything instantly at your fingertips and really trying to sharpen your willpower your strength thirdly is your mind um, thinking about what are the things you do to cultivate your mind, to learn new things? Are you learning new things? Um, is it something that you would like to do? I highly recommend a recent episode of the podcast, The Art of Manliness, on the art of ultra learning. It's one of probably their most recent 10 episodes, I think. Um, and it's all about how do you learn a new skill quickly, but also do it effectively to where you're actually learning it and you're not just learning a lot of information about it that isn't going to be useful to you practically when you try and apply the thing that you're learning. Um, setting up projects for yourself, um, things that you want to achieve, how you're going to be able to measure if you've learned this new skill or thing or not. Um, but especially, you know, coming from a spiritual perspective, when it comes to your mind, you know, how much do you know about your faith? How much you know about theology, about Catholicism? If someone were to ask you a question about something that the church teaches, could you defend it? Could you answer it? You know, that's not just the responsibility of people who teach theology, people who minister, people who work in churches. We are meant to be the priests to the world. And so we need to be equipped with those answers. And so maybe you need to commit to reading a spiritual book um, once a month. I know people who every month they read one spiritual book and one book for pleasure, uh, and that helps them cut away from screen time, and that's something that really affects your mind a lot. Uh, again, these things don't have to be things that you're saying yes to and creating new goals and new things you want to try. Some of these things could be things that you're saying no to, you know, um, thinking about your heart. Maybe it could be um, saying no to things that get in the way of family time. Your strength could be saying no to things that make you physically unhealthy. Your mind could be saying no to things that make your mind just like dull and don't, you know, benefit you in any way, but just overstimulate your eyes, but don't really occupy, you know, the high processing parts of your brain, like just staring at a TV screen or a phone for hours on end. So a lot of this could be, you know, negative resolutions, like saying, I'm not going to do these things rather than I'm going to start doing these things. And that could be a lot easier to manage or keep track of instead of trying to add on all of these new things, you know, to your life in the coming year. 
Um, and so think about what are some things that you want to learn about, some new skills that you want to have. Maybe you want to take up a hobby. You want to learn a new language, an instrument. What are some tangible things that you can do to start doing that? Set small goals and start learning as much as you can. Get a tutor, get a book. The internet is a wealth of resource. YouTube, I mean, there's a how-to video on everything. There's probably a how-to video on how to make a good how-to video on YouTube. Like, there's everything on there. So go and check out the massive amount of resources that are out there to help you cultivate your mind this new year. Um, and lastly, your soul. And I think this really is the thing that's lingering behind everything. And obviously, as a Catholic podcast, we're going to talk about the soul and make it the most important thing. But really, like, your soul is connected intimately to everything that you do. And if your soul is not healthy, your mind, your body, your willpower is not going to be healthy. Uh, and so making sure that you're taking time this year to really assess where are you in your relationship with God? Are you really allowing Jesus to be Lord and Savior of your life? I mean, God made you as you are, loves you as you are, and yet we sin, and Jesus came and died for that. And so we go through our entire lives continuing to sin, knowing that Jesus already has forgiven us, already has died for those sins, and that we will never, ever be out of a need for a Savior on this earth. And so are we responding to that? Are we thanking him for that? Are we entering into relationship with that reality on a daily basis, with that person on a daily basis? And is that seeping into our life in a beautiful, joyful way? If it's just a ritual thing that you do once a week, you know, I probably shouldn't say this, but you should you probably shouldn't even be doing it then, to be honest. Like, yes, going through the motions can help. So I'm not saying stop doing it, but I mean, like, really, like, let this be a reality check that if you're doing it, for no real reason to ask yourself, why am I doing it? Not as an excuse to stop, but as an excuse to jumpstart and to really ask yourself, what is my motivation for this? Is this really because everything I have is because of Jesus and he's given me everything even though I can give him nothing? And how do I live my life in a response to that beautiful gift and reality? Or is it that, well, you know, I'm a good person and, you know, I talk to God and, um, you know, I just, I think it's, you know, it's kind of up to each individual person and, um, you know, so when I have time, yeah, I go to church. It's like, come on. Like that is not spiritually healthy. That's like just spiritual, I don't know, Olympics like around or dancing around. It's like a spiritual obstacle obstacle course around this just pit of despair. Like it's, it's obvious to me that so many people, why so many people are searching for God constantly because everybody thinks they have found him at one point. But in reality, it's they found something that's a comfortable spiritual package. But the substance of like, no, Jesus Christ died for your sins and he loves you and he desires to be in relationship with you and that should radically change your life was never at the center of it. And so I don't mean to criticize, I don't mean to condemn or say or be judgmental and saying like, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. But really like to think about, is your relationship with God surface level? Is it really just like, I go through the motions, I show up, and that's enough? Because that would never count in any other relationship, you know, in my marriage. I can't just go through the motions and show up. Like, that's not going to mean for a loving relationship. How much more so does that apply to God? And so to really assess, where are you at in your spiritual life? Where are you at with the Lord? 
anyone who is mature and actively seeking in their faith, I think really needs to consider getting a spiritual director. And if you don't know what that is, listen to um, two episodes ago, our questions episode. I answered a question about what spiritual direction is, why it's beneficial, how to find it, but really encourage you to find a spiritual director, someone to mentor you um, through your spiritual walk and uh, to walk with you, to offer an outside perspective and really allow you to cultivate a deeper spiritual life. Um, confession, maybe going to confession once a month if that's not regular for you. In fact, however often you're going to confession, just do it more. You know, that's an easy New Year's resolution. So double it. You know, if you go once a year, go twice. If you go twice a year, go four times. If you go every month, go every other week. You know, just keep going as regularly as you can. Because even if you're not in a state of mortal sin to where you're in need of confession, you still get extra graces when you go to confession. So you always walk out more equipped with more grace than you had before. And so even if you don't have serious sin on your heart, it doesn't hurt to go because it helps you spiritually to go and be strengthened for the battle that we're fighting every single day against darkness, against the evil one. Same thing with mass. Um, you know, we are we are required by the church at, in the precepts of the church. It is expected that every Catholic go to confession once a year, uh, preferably during the Lenten season, so that we can receive the Eucharist in a state of grace during the Easter season, um, and that we should be going to mass every single Sunday and on holy days of obligation. So that's like the bare minimum. So if you're not doing that already, I want you to try and strive to do that. But if you are doing that, maybe trying to get to a daily mass. You know, there are plenty of daily ma- daily masses, at least in our area. There's some in the morning, some in the afternoon, some in the evening, um, maybe on a Saturday somewhere. Going to an extra mass, um, maybe trying to find one that you can go to midweek to kind of give you a boost in the middle of the week and help sustain you. Because getting from Sunday to Sunday, seven days, and not falling into a pitfall or falling into temptation is a lot harder than going Sunday to Wednesday and then Wednesday to Sunday. You know, like having a midweek opportunity to receive that nourishment of the Eucharist, to take a moment in prayer and reflect. Um, and that's, if you can't make it to, to a daily Mass, that's also what daily prayer is meant to do. Maybe you can make it to a chapel that's open uh, sometime during the week if there's not a set Mass time that you can, you can make. Uh, and allowing that to be your midweek just boost and uh, ability to connect with the Lord. But we should be praying every day. We should be connecting with God, even if it's just like, hi, Jesus, thank you for this day. Please bless it. Amen. Like every single person on the planet has time to do that. So don't let time be an excuse. That's a throwaway. You know, don't tell the master of time that you don't have enough time for him. Okay. Like one of my most common prayers is Jesus, can you please bend time so that I can fill in the blank? And I can't tell you how many times he's made that happen. And I'm like, okay, that hour, literally, I got like nine hours worth of things done in that hour. So now I can go home and be present to my family. Thank you. You know, if it's like, Jesus, can you please bend time so I can get this promotion because I want to make a lot of money? You know, God's probably going to allow you to reassess your priorities by not granting that request. (laughs) However, if your priorities, if your heart, as I said before, is in the right place with the right goals in mind, asking for, um, for, for those types of prayers out of a good intention, out of a good place, um, you know, so that you can really be present, God is going to do that. Connect with him every single day, um, in prayer. 
Uh, don't let time be an excuse. And if you need accountability in that, ask someone to keep you accountable. Ask someone to pray with you every day. Um, ask someone to, I have a friend who we send each other the uh, word from the gospel of that day that stands out to us when we read it. And that's an accountability that we have with each other to know like every day we're reading the, at least one of the daily readings and sending each other, you know, a short reflection on what stood out to us. Um, and if I didn't have that other person, it'd be a lot easier for me to just stop doing that or to forget. And so to just find yourself some type of accountability or community to really help you grow in prayer. So I know a lot of this, can, it can all seem like a lot. You know, where you're facing a new year. There's probably a lot of things that you want to do, you want to accomplish, a lot of big questions. Maybe you're listening to this and you feel like, you know, I'm in, in my awkward like mid-20s. Maybe I'm in college or out of college. I don't really know what I want to do. I'm, I'm not in my forever career. I'm not in my forever vocation yet. Like, and, and I feel like nothing's happening right now. Maybe this year is just an opportunity for you to be grateful for where you are and to stop pining for things that aren't yet. Maybe this year is an opportunity for you to recognize, okay, if you really want those things, maybe you need to be the one to take the initiative because God's not going to just let them fall in your lap. And people who talk like that, like, oh, the perfect person just fell in my lap are ridiculous and they're idiotically remembering the past. They don't recount how much effort, how much time, how much prayer, how much you know choice was, was part of their actual decision. They're kind of looking in retrospect with rose-colored glasses. And so when you hear that, take it with a grain of salt. It's never the reality. Take the initiative. Take a step. Take action. And really ask yourself, where do I want to be this time next year at the end of 2020? Who do I want to be? What do I want my life to look like? Do I, what, where are my priorities and how do I want them lived out in who and what is on my heart? How do I want to be strong against temptation? What are the things I no longer want to be part of my life? What do I want rooted out of my life and what do I need to do to build up the willpower to do that? What are the new skills that I want or need for a job or a future career or that I just desire to know more about? What are the things that I don't know about my faith that I really want to learn more about? And where am I at overall in my relationship with God? And what do I want that to look like a year from now? To take a moment to think about that, to write some things down. It can seem like a lot, but remember, this can be doing less rather than doing more. This can be about cutting out things rather than adding on. This can also be about saying no to things because every time you say no, you're saying yes to something else. And so if the yes is your priority, maybe your New Year's resolution is to say no to something you know, consistently every single day, every single week. Uh, and then something I do to kind of wrap all of this up in a bow that's easy for me to commit to, easy for me to focus on, and easy for me to kind of repeat and um, reflect on throughout the year as I kind of pray and I ask God to send me a word or a couple words or a phrase to really be kind of like my motto, my mantra that coming year, something for me to really lean into and focus on. Uh, and so maybe uh, a word might come to you and it's, you know, son or daughter, and you really want to just pray into the fact that you're loved by God and that God is a loving father and that you just want to pray into that relationship with him. Or maybe the, the, the word is father and you really want to see God as father. Maybe the word is discipline. That was one of my words last year. Uh, my other word was presence. Maybe, you know, a desire to be more present to people. My words in years previous have been things like trust, surrender, rely, 
um, things where I can really lean into who God is and allowing myself to trust him with more, lay things at his feet. Um, and maybe it's peace, maybe it's patience, whatever it is, just a word that you can really um, allow all of this to be focused in on so that all you have to remember, all you can really be praying into all year is about this kind of theme for your your year. I have a few words I'm toying with. I won't share them with you yet. Um, the one I really want to do is kind of just weird and obscure. And so I don't know if I like it just because it seems weird and obscure and I like stuff like that. But it, it's really the only one that kind of came to me in prayer. The other ones have just been like me trying to create one for myself, if I'm being honest. So I think it's the one I'm going to go with, but I really need to pray into it. It's not the new year yet. So there's still plenty of time for me and for you. So uh, take some time to really think about, you know, what is the word? What is the focus? What is the theme? What are the things that uh, the actions, the things you need to start doing or stop doing to help bring that theme about in your life? So that if someone were to look at you at the end of next year, they would be able to pinpoint that word. They'd be able to, you know what? That person is more peaceful. That person is more trusting in God. That person is a better husband, a better father, a better wife, a better mother, a better son, a better daughter, a better brother, sister, friend, a better person because of these things that they've done. And if they can't pinpoint it, you should at least be able to. You should at least be able to look back on that year once this coming year is over and say, yes, I can tangibly think of the times where I experience more fill in the blank because of the actions that I made, because of the choices I made to make a deeper concerted effort to love the Lord, my God, with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul, with all my strength in 2020. And so as you're praying into that, I want to offer you uh, a saint to ask for the intercession of, uh, a saint that is from the Bible that we don't know too much about beyond the stories we have from the Gospels, and that is St. James the Greater. He is the patron saint of pilgrims, and I thought that was appropriate because we all go through this life on a journey as pilgrims, and some parts of pilgrimages are hard, some areas are for real growth, and so I want this year of 2020 for you to be a pilgrimage, a pilgrimage toward something, toward a certain uh, person that you want to be, a goal that you want to achieve, a passion you want to pursue, uh, a habit you want to rid from your life, whatever it is, a goal or set of goals that you want to be pilgrimaging towards, not on your own, but with a spiritual community, with accountability, with people who love you and are journeying with you. So whatever you decide to do, tell someone, tell multiple people and find a way for them to keep you accountable. And when you tell them, say, will you please ask me about it next time you see me because I want to know that I'm going to be held accountable for this. This is the reason why New Year's resolutions fail. Because people just make them in the silence of their own mind because they already know they're not going to keep them. And if they don't, then they're not going to experience any social shame or pressure for not keeping them. Don't let that happen. If you're really serious about wanting to change something in your life, that is that that relies totally on you and is entirely in your hands in this present moment. No one is stopping you. Only you are stopping you. Uh, but if you need some spiritual encouragement, ask for the intercession of St. James the Greater, patron saint of pilgrims. His feast day is July 25th. He was born right around the time of Christ, people believe around the year 3 AD, and died somewhere around the year 44 AD. He was the son of Zebedee, um, along with the Apostle John. Um, he's his brother. Their mom's name was Salome. 
And he has the title the greater um, because there was another Saint uh, Saint James the Apostle who was called the lesser. And I always thought the greater meant that he was more important because he was kind of the one that Jesus always set aside. But I actually found a reference to the fact that it's just because they think that this James was taller. Isn't that interesting? I don't know if that's true or not, but, you know, I just randomly assumed something different. But he was obviously a little bit more set aside than the other James, and so it wouldn't be unreasonable to assume he had a little bit more personal of a role uh, with Jesus than uh, James the Lesser. But James the Lesser is still an apostle, not unimportant. Maybe we'll talk about him in a future episode. But obviously James the Greater was one of the apostles. He was a fisherman. Uh, We know the story where Jesus comes to him and his brother. They were some of the first that were uh, called to be his disciples. He asked them to cast their nets. They couldn't catch fish all day. Um, But when they do cast their nets at the word of Jesus, they're full. Uh, They're tearing. Their boats nearly sink because of the weight of all the fish. And uh, they drop their nets immediately and follow this Jesus person and become his apostles. Uh, James was one of uh, only three people to witness his transfiguration along with his brother and Peter. And um, him and his brother were the ones that wanted to call fire down on a Samaritan town. They were rebuked by Jesus. They wanted to be seated at his right and his left, either by their own will or in another gospel account by their mother's will. Um, and so they're very fiery personalities. And so I feel like James the Greater is going to have a very fiery personality and forceful prayer to really help accompany you in whatever your resolution is. Um, after Jesus ascended, uh, James is uh, believed to have spread the gospel across Israel and Rome and believed to have uh, traveled to Spain um, for many years of his life. And that is why uh, Santiago de Compostela, that church, uh, Santiago is the Spanish name for James. That's believed to be where uh, the area where he ministered and where his remains are to this day. Um, and uh, he was said, it was said that while he was there, the Blessed Virgin appeared to him and asked him to build her a church there, which he did. Um, and so I don't know if she appeared in the flesh or not, because I believe she was still alive at this time. So, you know, who knows? Um, but he returned to Jerusalem after seeing that, but he was martyred. Uh, and after building that church, he was martyred by King Herod, who decapitated him. And he was the first of the apostles known to die. Um, of a martyr's death. They all died a martyr's death except for St. John. Um, and he was not allowed to be buried following his martyrdom, so his remains, his remains were taken to Compostela um, in Spain by his some of his followers who buried him there. Um, and so his remains were discovered, rediscovered uh, in the ninth century and moved to a special tomb in that church. And so you can go and see them there today. And that's part of the Camino de Santiago de Compostela that people walk every single year. It's a very beautiful spiritual journey that many pilgrims make. And it was declared by Pope Leo to be a uh, shrine, meaning that you can make specific pilgrimages there and get special graces from doing that. And so, um, you know, we're all on a pilgrim's journey. And this year of 2020, journeying to it and through it. Uh, Let it be a pilgrimage for you to grow closer to the Lord and to love him with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. If there's any way we can support you in that, suggestions, questions that you have that we can answer on a podcast, uh, topics that we can cover to help benefit you in your spiritual life and inspire you to live out your Catholic faith uh, as you go through daily life, please let us know. We're here for you. Uh, We're praying for you. Please continue to pray for us. Again, the highest compliment that you can give us is to share this podcast on social media with your friends with your family, um, share one highlight or one episode that you thought benefited you and that you think might benefit someone else. And if you want to benefit us uh, financially for as little as $1 a month, $1 every month, 
that's less than a cup of coffee that you would spend in one day, let alone a month, um, you can do that by going to our website, Mana Food for Thought, all one word, M-A-N-N-A foodforthought.com and uh, click on the Patreon button and that will uh, take you to our page where you can become a patron, a sponsor for as, um, as little as $1 a month and you get access to special bonus content, merchandise when we finalize it um, and that's going to happen when Jenna and I get back together after the new year, uh, after she's adjusted to two baby life um, and I can learn how to do that in the upcoming months before we anticipate our second baby. So please continue to pray for both of us. And again, as I said, we're always praying for you and so grateful for your continued support, prayers, and listening. And until we see you next, know that we will see you in the Eucharist. God bless you and happy new year.